We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and he braved the deluge Sunday night at Levi Stadium and was there in person to, to watch what happened. Uh, I mean, from the warmth of the press box, but he was there nonetheless, which adds validity to everything that he is going to say. We're going to talk about the game, and then we're going to talk about some of the fallout and what Kyle Shanahan had to say in his conference call Monday afternoon. We're recording this Monday evening. Tons of interesting stuff to unpack, so let's get right into it. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss quick pass caught by Kittle he dives and he's in touchdown 49ers I have a take Chris about the 49ers 30 to 18 loss at home to the Indianapolis Colts let's hear it I believe it was the worst loss of the Kyle Shanahan era let me explain. Um, Let me explain why. Worse than the Super Bowl? You can... Okay, so that's the thing. <laughs> no, obviously losing the Super Bowl is the worst game you can lose. Yeah. Like that. But let's look at it from this perspective. They were coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. They were relatively healthy. I mean, they had their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the Colts are not very good. The they've been playing better, but again, they're a team that that the 49ers who expect to be a playoff team should beat. Um, the Colts were down arguably their best defensive back, Julian Blackman, who tore his Achilles on Wednesday. And all of these things added up to hey, the and we talked about it on the podcast at the end of the week, at the end of at the end of last week, that this is a game the 49ers should go in and win and and maybe win by a couple scores and they go in, they go up 12 to seven and then they get outscored 23 to six. The rest of the way, they turn the ball over four times in the final three quarters. They score six points in the final three quarters. And 
we are now for the first time in the Kyle Shanahan era sitting here with a, with the 49ers on a four game losing streak and not able to look at the quarterback situation and going, okay, well, if it's not Nick Mullins, then it's not CJ Beathard. No, this is a playoff team. Like, no man, this should be a playoff team. And they are two and four. Like the answer isn't in the injuries anymore. That, that excuse is off the table. This is the first time the 49ers have lost a game under Kyle Shanahan that it's like, Hey, this is a, this is a loss. This is a very damaging loss. And they were relatively healthy for it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it was a horrendous loss. And um, it was in the rain. There was no George Kittle. If you wanted to make excuses, those would be them. But also, like, the Colts were playing in the rain, too. The thing, the, the issue that I have with the, I mean, it's sort of a microcosm of the entire quarterback situation that Kyle Shanahan has put himself in. By continuing to go with Jimmy Garoppolo, and and he will continue to go with Jimmy Garoppolo um, Sunday in Chicago, which nobody really seems excited about, maybe with the exception of Kyle Shanahan. Um, But it wasn't a good Garoppolo performance, aside from two series. And what's confounding about it is that you do get these two series where you see a lot of misdirection and play action and boot game stuff. That all works. That all has seemed to leave the 49ers offense for various spells throughout the season to this point. And when they do that stuff, it still works. Now, a lot of, you know, they didn't get a first down in the second quarter. And like the Seahawks game before the Cardinals game, it was one of those games where they just, the offense was just completely unable to do anything and went three and out. They had two first downs on seven drives in, in the middle of the game between between their second field goal drive uh, and getting that touchdown early in the fourth quarter. And it was just a sloppy performance. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good. There were penalties. The defensive pass interference calls were obviously massive and, and swung the game for the Colts. But to me, the focus has to be on the offense and, and what's happening at quarterback. Because during the game, and I said it to Nick, like Nick Wagner, shout out ESPN. Disney's Nick Wagner. Week. Yeah, um, like Garoppolo still didn't look right to me and it, it his passes were like a lot of guys had to hit hit the deck to catch his passes right like his passes did not have zip on them they were struggling to get there and Garoppolo said afterwards that he felt his calf throughout the game and he's not sure if he if it's going to be an injury that he's going to have to manage the rest of the way so in Kyle Shanahan's mind, after seeing that and after knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a particularly effective quarterback when he's hurt, I mean, he can't move. He's not going to make any plays with his legs, right? And that and that possession where um, they got the turnover and Garoppolo had a couple rollouts uh, and threw the ball away, sort of scramble drill out of structure style. Like there were first downs to be had if Garoppolo could move, but he can't move. You know, who can move is Trey Lance. Um, Good point. <laughs> At least when he's healthy. Trey Lance is not healthy. So that's part of the discussion we need to have, too. Can I bolster your point with the number real quick? Sure. The 49ers are 31.4% on third downs this year. That is third worst in the league. Yeah. The Bears and Jags are 31.3. Tied yeah. for the worst. Go ahead. And, you know, it, it like there's so many personnel issues. Like the fact that the fact that Brandon Ayuk can't get going 
I think reflects poorly both on Ayuk and the coaching staff. Like I think Shanahan deserves as much blame as Ayuk does in this uh, right now. And you look at, you know, we're in year five of Kyle Shanahan. They've drafted a bunch of receivers and they have one good one. You know, like Jalen Hurd's a zero at this point because he hasn't even played a snap. Yeah, but dude. Dante Pettis, who they traded up for, is playing with the Giants, who has more catches this year than Brandon Ayuk. Um, You know, the 49ers invested draft capital in trading up for Ayuk, right? And so it's just without George Kittle, you absolutely need Brandon Ayuk to step up. And there there needs to be, in my opinion, more more push and pull with this Ayuk thing than Shanahan just saying, all right, I need you to practice your ass off. I need you to be up on your assignments um, before I even get you going. Like, what about the idea of like, hey, maybe give Brandon Ayuk a bubble screen, which he hasn't gotten this year yet. Maybe give him more reverses. He got his first one. I think it was his first one of the season on Sunday night Mm -hmm. early in that game. Like maybe just feed Brandon Ayuk and then maybe he'll be more engaged during the week. And maybe you need to do some things to get him going rather than just being super hard on him. And and, you know, being in the quote unquote doghouse like it just there's there's a way that Kyle Shanahan's managing people right now that just doesn't seem to be working. There are zero worlds where Brandon Ayuk should have fewer targets than Charlie Werner and Ross Dwelly. Yeah, that's that that cannot happen. Yeah, ever. Yeah, ever. (laughs) I don't care about that. I don't care about the weather conditions. Like, don't don't. I I talked about on the internet. I talked about Dante Pettis had five targets and five catches and Kendrick Bourne had six targets and six catches. (laughs) And a popular response was, well, they didn't play in the rain. Like it doesn't matter, dude. Michael Pittman played in the rain. Michael Pittman played in the rain. So did Zach Pascal. And so did Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly (laughs) who are on the 49ers and got more targets than Brandon Ayuk. Like yeah. what are what what is happening? Yeah, and it maybe doesn't, it doesn't make I, any sense. I haven't dug into the all twenty-two yet. <laughs> Fair. It hasn't been posted. Fair, but I'm going to. And maybe Ayuk is just not open, but I have a really hard time believing all the times he was open last year and all the times he's been open when he's made catches this year that he's just not getting open. Because the snaps are there. The ball just isn't going his way. But, like, throw him a bubble screen. Yeah, just get the ball in his hands. Like, they tried it once with the with the reverse. Like, try it again. Yeah. It doesn't... Of Juwan Jennings got another bubble screen. And he Juwan dropped. Jennings, by the way, two targets. Um, <laughs> one more than Brandon Knight. But, like, another another good example of this, and we're going to get to the quarterback stuff, but another another example of this, and that's the thing, is, like, if... The quarterback thing was fixed. This Brandon Ayuk thing would be a huge thing, but it's gotten pushed to this like secondary thing because the quarterback situation is such a disaster. But with with the receivers and with with Ayuk specifically, I don't I don't get what I, I don't get it. I don't think anybody does. I mean, like on the, you hear on the interception, things... on the interception, the throw to the throw to Samuel that Xavier Rhodes tipped up and picked off. Like there were three guys around Samuel and Rhodes was glued to his hip because Garoppolo stared him down. And Muhammad Sanu this... was Muhammad Sanu was wide open in the middle. Of the so was Ross Dwelly on the other side. Like there were, there were players open and you can only see that from the TV frame. So in the TV shot 
uh, Ayuk disappears out of the frame, so you can't see whether he's open. But the fact the the fact is that that doesn't matter. Garoppolo stared down the only guy in the stadium that everybody knew the ball was going to. Yeah, and I just don't know. I I, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, make any can, sense. Yeah, the the Ayuk thing's weird. I, I think just overall the overarching theme, and and this lends itself pretty easily to the quarterback discussion here, particularly going forward. But Kyle Shanahan just isn't managing people very well, I don't think. And uh, I was listening to, to Haberman and Middlecoff's podcast today, and Guy made a really good point in saying that, or they both, uh, Middlecoff, but both of them were, were talking about this, like, there isn't really, like, Shanahan's the most powerful guy in the building. There's nobody really in a position of power to check him on some of his football decisions. Right. And like, maybe that should be John Lynch, but Kyle Shanahan hired John Lynch. Like Kyle Shanahan right. is John Lynch's boss. I know John Lynch is the GM and, and normally the power structure is, is the GM's ahead of the coach, but Shanahan's the number one guy in there. He's the one making all of the biggest calls the organization makes. Well, and what, what experience, what ground does John Lynch have to stand on other than his title? In oh, that I mean, scenario, he played in the league, like he has, he, he has, he has equity. Like he's a Hall of Fame safety. Like he played in sure. the league. He can. He's, he's Michael Jordan's every... the best basketball player of all time, and he's a terrible. That's fair, but the, the points. The, the the point here is that Shanahan, there there needs to be somebody in the organization that says like, "Hey, man, like maybe we should do this." you know maybe we should maybe we should zag a little bit from your logic here because your logic has has not been great to this point and to me that that is highlighted most obviously by the quarterback situation and what Shanahan said Monday was that you know he said after the game um, he said he would guess that Garoppolo is going to start Sunday and and it made it sound like that he was very open to the idea of Trey Lance starting Sunday but he clarified that in the conference call on Monday saying that was more about Garoppolo's health. And if Garoppolo's calf was feeling okay, then he would start Sunday. And he said he, he expects Garoppolo to start Sunday. Um, Trey Lance is quote unquote on pace to get back to uh, the practice field on Wednesday with his knee sprain that caused him to miss last week's game and not even be available. Um, And so, you know, I like in, in the context of this week, I get, not making a quarterback switch when Trey Lance is not healthy. But I asked Shanahan if, if he's thought about giving Trey Lance more first team practice reps um, because Lance hasn't gotten many pra- first team practice reps since the season started, aside from just working on those specialized plays that they want to run with him when he, right. when he got what seven snaps in the first four games or whatever it was. And he said, no, it's not an open competition right now. It's not, it, it's not an open competition at quarterback. And to me, my point is like, all right, so Brandon Ayuk can get his snaps eaten up by Trent Sherfield in week one. Um, Travis Benjamin can get promoted from the practice squad in the Arizona game and eat into Brandon Ayuk's snaps that game because Ayuk isn't playing well. Mm-hmm. So it can happen to other positions on the roster, but just not quarterback. And I get that. Jimmy Garoppolo has equity. Like I get Kyle Shanahan likes Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just odd to me that Kyle Shanahan will be so tough on Brandon Ayuk, but not really, he's not being all that tough on Jimmy Garoppolo in this situation. And he said the most, I think the most telling thing 
And let me pull this up. The most telling thing Shanahan has said all year is what he said um, on the conference call on Monday when he was asked how far out of contention uh, would he have to be to start Trey Lance. And so I'm just going to read this. Um, He said, I get all the questions, but it's way too early to start thinking about just getting guys experience and giving up the year that way. I'm trying to do what's best for our team and also what's best for those players, not just Trey, but other guys getting experience just to get it. Isn't always beneficial. So Kyle Shanahan basically told the whole world that he thinks playing Trey Lance is essentially punting on the season. That's wild. Even after Trey Lance started in Arizona and the 49ers almost won that game, which Kyle Shanahan said of Trey Lance afterwards, he thought Trey played well enough to win. So like, Maybe he didn't. I, I mean, are you are you saying you think Trey should start? <laughs> I may or may I, I may or may not have been saying it since week one. I don't know if you noticed that, or <laughs> anybody listening to this pod has, has noticed that. But that was I, I wrote a column about it for the Sacramento Bee that's coming out on Tuesday. But like sacbee.com slash forty ers Go on. I could that to me was the most telling thing. Like he thinks starting Trey Lance is punting on the season. At least that's what he said on Monday. And that is a wild declaration to make when you can look at what the offense did from a production standpoint and the fact that the 49ers averaged more yards per play with Trey Lance at quarterback and had their best rushing performance of the entire season. We know Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball with Trey Lance at quarterback. And now like giving Trey Lance experience just to get him experience in Shanahan's mind is punting on the season. Like, I just I, I have a really hard time with the logic that Kyle Shanahan has come up with in his head where he watches the film and sees Jimmy Garoppolo underthrow Trent Shurfield, who's open, overthrow Ross Dwelly, who's open, uh, just throw that ball to Debo Samuel with a wide open Mohamed Sanu in the middle of the field, not get rid of the ball and get strip sacked again. Like I get Trey Lance is going to make similar mistakes and take his lumps. But, like, to what end, like, if, if you're losing these games with Jimmy Garoppolo, then what's the point? Right. You already made the move to replace him, right? Like, right. what's the point? And to say Trey Lance isn't ready, well, maybe you should give him some practice reps so we can get ready. Right? Did, like, Shanahan, did Shanahan not say that the best way to develop a player is by playing him? He absolutely said that. The only way you to, the, he said earlier in the season, I forget exactly when, but he, the only way you get better is by playing. But he's still, for now, and maybe this is just a this-week thing, but, like, if there's going to be inclement weather in Chicago and Jimmy Garoppolo's calf isn't healthy, like, what, what's, the off, what's he expect the offense to look like? Like, that's the, that's the thing that I don't understand. And then, for, like, and this was kind of funny. In the same answer, you know, he was, he was talking about, well, you know, I know we're two and four and, and it, everything's bad right now, but I was on a team once that was three and six going into our bye and we were in last place. And then we came out of the bye. We finished, we won seven games in a row. We finished 10 and six and we won our division. You know what team that was? That was the 2012 or the 2012 Washington team that was quarterbacked by rookie Robert Griffin, the third. So <laughs> it's just, it, it's, the, the logic there just isn't logic here it's just it, it, 
the only logic is Kyle Shanahan has a lot of belief in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I mean, Garoppolo is five and six in his last 11 starts since the Super Bowl. So I, I don't even think you can use Garoppolo's, you know, we've won a lot with Jimmy trope that that both Shanahan and Lynch like to mm-hmm. use when when justifying the Garoppolo thing. I don't think you can use that because they're below 500 the last two years with Garoppolo. Um, and but that's just the logic. The logic isn't there anymore. It's just not. And I, I guess that's where their whole plan fell apart because, like, in theory, they wanted to swing the Alex Smith-Patrick Mahomes deal where Jimmy Garoppolo starts the whole year, keeps him in playoff contention, and then they move on the following year. I don't think they had a contingency plan for Jimmy Garoppolo outright regressing, which he has. He's right. not as good as he was in the for a better part of the 2019 season, especially the back half. He was excellent in the last half of 2019. Which is odd because, I mean, it's just odd that there was no understanding or like the expectation that Garoppolo could regress was not really accounted for because you went so far to replace him. And then they, so I have two messaging questions or two messaging issues. Because their whole goal was this offseason, they said that they wanted to insulate themselves from a Garoppolo injury. Basically, give themselves a better backup quarterback who could win a few games should Garoppolo go down. But they're not confident that that backup quarterback can go win them games. So what did they do? What, 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 was, the, what was the goal of making that move now? And... If the 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 issue I think I have is if Shanahan had just come out and said outright Trey Lance isn't going to start at all this year, he might play here and there, but he's not starting. He's not ready. He we think he needs a full year. It's Jimmy Garoppolo's team, and you know that's what it is. Unless Garoppolo gets hurt, that would be one thing. And if that was the case. It would just kind of be like, all right, this is the bed they made. Right. But the issue is that he has since training camp said that they are going to go with the quarterback that gives them the best chance to win. And I question what he's watching. If he thinks that whatever they're doing on offense with Jimmy Garoppolo under center is giving them the best chance to win. Right. They were, they, they, the 49ers, a Kyle Shanahan offense should put up 40 on whatever the hell the Seahawks are doing on defense this year. They had, 13 points when Jimmy Garoppolo went down mm-hmm. 13. They had the only reason they scored against a not great green Bay defense in the first half is because they got a huge kick return from Trent cannon and then put Trey Lance in the game <laughs> to score on the last play of the half at the most important snap of the season, really, the most important snap of the season to that point. So I don't, I don't, understand how you take unless Trey Lance is just downright awful in which case that's a whole larger problem but I'm not even going to get there because we haven't seen a big enough sample size to to even to 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 consider that notion so the 49ers now have a head coach so this is what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing the 49ers have a head coach who's watched Jimmy Garoppolo play since week two when the 49ers scored 17 against Philadelphia and had, what was it, four straight three and outs to start the game? 
he's watching these games and going, yeah, that's the guy. Two and four right now, but hey, rattle off two straight. Now four and four and you're right back in the thick of it. I want to know what he's seeing that makes him think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go win them those two games. Because it's nothing, this has nothing to do with the rain. And let's talk about that for a minute because that was a big thing yesterday in the back and forth argument that continues to go on on 49ers Twitter and on various internet platforms about the quarterback situation. It was, oh, well, it's raining. But Kyle Shanahan doesn't even trust his quarterback enough to take any kind of shot. The Colts threw six passes down the field, four pass interference, one broken up, one for a touchdown. The 49ers took zero shots like that. Yeah. Because Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust his quarterback. And Carson Wentz was in the, in the exact same weather and was hucking the shit out of the ball downfield. Yes. And he only threw it, I think, I think he completed threw it one fewer time and completed one more pass. Um, but it was the how many yards did they gain off pass interference penalties? There were three for ninety seven that led to their three touchdowns. Right. And there was a fifty seven yard catch that got flagged for pass interference as well. Yeah, that, I Norman. include that one in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was you know, we can we can take Kyle Shanahan's words and always says this and he says that, but his actions continue. Since he threw the interception against the Vikings in the divisional playoffs in 2020, like everything the 49ers have done points to Kyle Shanahan not trusting Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Every single thing and every and what happens on the field proves why he shouldn't uh, totally pro football focus of, of all the quarterbacks to take to to make 20 percent of their team's pass attempts this year jimmy garoppolo leads the league in turnover worthy plays still and that's been a theme for a while now and his i think he has 156 yards of um on Passes that travel 20 yards or, or more. That's 32nd in the NFL. Jeez. So he's not pushing the ball downfield. It's continuing a theme. He's not pushing the ball downfield and he's putting the ball at risk. So he's not even being all that efficient. And what you saw last night was the Colts stacking the line of scrimmage. They constantly had 11 guys within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage throughout. And the 49ers have to play this in, in a compressed field because Garoppolo just doesn't have the ability to push the ball downfield. And maybe that's different when it's not raining. And maybe that's different when, you know, he's healthy, but ultimately these are excuses because Carson Wentz was doing it. Yep. Right. Like, and, and that's the whole point. You look around the league, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, all of the guys, they're big, they're mobile. They have strong arms. That's why you draft Trey Lance. That's the advantage you get because if things aren't working, you can at least try to push the ball downfield and maybe get a pass interference to get you going. The 49ers aren't even capable of doing that. And even if they were, we don't know because Kyle Shanahan is completely unwilling to dial up a deep pass unless it comes off play action and a, a, a rollout boot action type play, right? Like right. Jimmy Garoppolo's first four completions were three were play action and one was a bubble screen. Right. And it's just and then the 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 touchdown drive early in the fourth quarter, everything came off play action. So I play action is very effective and they probably don't use it enough. But the point is, that's the only thing that works for the passing game right now. And you have to have more clubs in the back. And that's why you draft Trey Lance. 
And my whole thing too, and I said it on your radio show today when you had me on. Thank you so much for that. Got you. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I think, just wants to run a calculus level offense. When like he, I think he's overthinking it and just needs to like work on algebra two levels, right? Mm -hmm. And just like set up a run game where Elijah Mitchell is getting 15 carries and throw Trey Sermon eight carries and utilize Trey Lance's legs as a threat in the, in the zone read game. Like you can do the quarterback power stuff, but that clearly proved that it's not a good idea to make his legs the focal point of your entire offense. Like it was in Arizona, not that it wasn't soup, not like it worked to an extent, but it also might've gotten him hurt, right? Like we don't know what play he got mm-hmm. hurt on, but he got 16 runs in that game. And now he's hurt. Nine were designed. Right. He had more runs than Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> the running, like they drafted two running backs and Trey Sermon got what? One carry in that game? Yeah. Like if I'm playing Trey Lance, I'm utilizing both running backs. I'm I'm keeping defenses honest by utilizing Trey Lance's legs as an option. Like the play I keep coming back to in my head was the touchdown against the Raiders in the preseason game where Jalen Hurd goes jet motion one way and then you run a fake to Elijah Mitchell in the backfield and then because you have so much window dressing you have a wide open lane to the end zone and once Trey Lance was in the game against Arizona they didn't do any of that it was just quarterback power ramming Trey Lance into a wall of defenders and window dressing that defenses have to respect absolutely the Darius Leonard you can give the receiver those carries that's the point of having these guys right the Darius Leonard quote after the game about how they were glad the 49ers went away from the misdirection run stuff yeah. was wild to me. And the fact that they, I mean, it's the most effective way the 49ers are going to move the ball. And they have another player on their bench right now who would help them, help them create more confusion. Aaron Banks. On, Aaron Banks, exactly. <laughs> More pulling guards. No, but they have they have a player in Jimmy Gra- uh in in Trey Lance right now who would give them another threat in that in that aspect of their run game. I just I don't I don't I don't know how you've watched the last three games that Jimmy Garoppolo started. Or even the game Trey Lance started. Like, I don't, the 49ers are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Like, I just don't think that they're good enough. And I especially like, they're going to need a lot of things to go right to make the playoffs. Like, they have two games against the Rams, one against the Cardinals. The Bengals are still on their schedule. They're really good. The Vikings are not bad. They're on their schedule. They have the Titans who are five and two and just kick, beat the Bills and kick the crap out of the Chiefs. And Cincinnati's currently the number one seed in the AFC. Right. We thought that might be a cakewalk game when the schedule came out. So, not. so they, it just, they're not going to make the playoffs playing like they're pl- playing like they're playing. And I just don't, I don't understand how you, how you've watched number 10 play quarterback and think that there's some turnaround coming. And conversely think that you're punting on the season if Trey Lance is your quarterback. Right. That's that's completely nuts to me. And it even if you think it, why would you say that? Yeah. Because like Trey Lance, it, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt again. And then Trey Lance has to come in like, hey, hey, Trey, what did, did you hear that? Kyle said that, you know, he, if he had to play you, he'd basically be punting yeah. on the season. 
in his mind. Like that's wild. That like that just doesn't make any sense. Like his messaging throughout this whole thing has been bad. And you know, it's one like I get the logic of going into the season with Jimmy Garoppolo as your starter makes sense. What doesn't make sense is hey, we're going to run a two-quarterback system. Look at all this stuff we can do in the Raiders game. Cool. Hey, Trey Lance is going to play for us. You know, and then, oh, it's not a competition. Oh, Trey Lance doesn't play at all. Trey Lance doesn't get any snaps. And then when Trey Lance does have to play, because he doesn't get any snaps, he's over his skis. And now he's not ready. It's like, well, who's in charge of getting Trey Lance ready? You know Jimmy Garoppolo has an injury history. You claim that you were replacing him because of that injury history. And now the backup isn't ready. Like, God forbid Trey Lance gets snaps during during the week of practice, like actually playing quarterback with the starters. Like maybe he would, maybe the offense would look a little smoother if he was in there during the week in practice, even if he's not starting. I have, I have another concern too, just to move this off the quarterback thing for a brief moment. Yeah. When Shanahan says that you can't just play young guys to develop them, then why were two draft picks a contingency plan at corner if Jason Verrett went down? And why was a second-round draft pick supposed to be the starting right guard? And why did they trade two fourth-round picks to get into the third round to take Trey Sermon? Like, if these young guys weren't ready, what, what, what's happening? Yeah. Like, they needed a running back. They needed Trey Sermon to be a guy this year. They needed one of or both D'Amador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Healthy scratches Sunday night, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so Drake Kirkpatrick could play? What? That this was one it. of the worst play. That might be the worst play of the that, season. The, that touchdown, the Michael, Michael Pittman touchdown. Yeah. It was, I've never seen a ball played or a receiver play. I don't know what he was doing. It was horrendous. It was the, it was the, it was one of the worst plays I've ever seen by a quarterback. And I watched Shantae <laughs> Spencer for a lot of years. So <laughs> and Brian I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why Shantae Spencer is taking strays right now, but it was just the first quarterback name that came into my head. So, so Shantae Spencer is fine. But uh, I hope he doesn't listen. So I don't, I don't get this note. So does Kyle Shanahan, does he just think then that young players can't help a team? Or, or is he just admitting that they made bad draft picks? Like, I don't, I, 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 yeah, I don't get it because it's not like they have this loaded veteran roster. It's dry fucking Kirkpatrick. Yeah. And Deodor Lenore can't get some snaps. I don't. Yeah, the I mean the secondary issues. We yeah. we've talked about the cornerback situation a lot. I'd also say, like we mentioned, receivers. They've invested a ton of draft capital in receivers and only have one good one. That's problematic. Brandon Ayuk is tied for fourth on the team in targets with Kyle Yuschek, yeah. and he's behind Mohamed Sanu, who's forty. <laughs> He's 32. He's about my age. And he's younger than you, but he's old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, like, we've mentioned that this team could use a backup tight end. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the, these are all positions that could have been addressed, but they don't have the draft capital to, to address some of these positions because they say, all right, well, we need to go get Brandon Ayuk, so we're going to trade multiple picks to move up and get him. Um, you know, we need to get Dante Pettis, so we're going to trade multiple picks to get up and get him. We're going to need to, we need to draft Trey Sermon, so we're going to trade two fours to move up to the third and get him. And like, it makes sense if you use those guys. And one thing I thought about, I was like looking at the Niners draftees, it's like, 
I mean, this isn't a coincidence, obviously, but like all of the best players the Niners have drafted, like all the best draft picks they've made who are the best players on their team played a lot as rookies. George Kittle starting tight end as a rookie, Fred Warner, third round pick starting middle linebacker as a rookie. And I get it. Those guys probably came in and played better than these rookies are now, but like, how do you know? Like, it, it's, it just goes back to the, I think Shanahan's overall stubbornness that he's exhibiting this year that just isn't helping the 49ers win games. And they're because two if, and four. If, if, if he keeps and it, it's the same thing with the quarterback situation. If he keeps Jimmy Garoppolo on the field and Jimmy Garoppolo has a bad game against a good bears defense on the road, potentially in inclement weather on Sunday, then it's really only going to be Kyle Shanahan's stubbornness. That's to blame here because Jimmy Garoppolo is a known quantity. Mm-hmm. So what it, is it's, that? It's a weird spot. That's what I want to know. Like playing, playing veterans and playing going forward with slamming their head into the same wall this week what is that what is that doing like what do they expect to be different okay elijah mitchell's a rookie he's playing a lot and he has 200 yard games in in four he's a good player should be playing but trey sermon can't get a couple of those jamichael hasty snaps he's that bad right. like, jamichael hasty's not awesome he's just, he's a guy not a good not a good jamichael hasty game no and like hey like I get a third round, a third down back is a different skill set, maybe. But like, if Elijah Mitchell is your best running back, why don't you play him on third down a little bit and maybe slide Trey Sermon into first and second down snaps every once in a while? It, like, when the 49ers had Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert, they were rotating all those guys. Yeah. So, and that comes, I mean, and that comes back to is Trey Sermon that bad? Like, <laughs> did they just whiff horribly? Right. They invested like, again, two and then fourth that's round a, picks in Trey Sermon and he can't get on the field. Then that's a whole other issue. Daniel Brunskill, another not good game. Aaron Banks is active. That's a step forward. I don't know Daniel Brunskill is hard to beat out, but <laughs> he's not he's not like he's been awesome this year. Right. I just my my question, my question to Kyle Shanahan would be what does he expect to be different? Like how it might it might be worse with with rookies playing, but and this isn't even just about Trey Lance. This is about Aaron Banks. This is about Trey Sermon. This is about Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Like Talano Hufanga is going to start at strong safety because Jaquaski Tart went down, but like it's not like there's these this long list of awesome veterans ahead of them, and I don't. Right. I don't understand what he thinks is going to be different with the guys that they're rolling out. Right. I, I, I mean, agree. I, including the quarterback. Can we talk about Kyle Shanahan's job security? Cause a lot of people have, have been talking to me about or asking. Yeah. He's, that. he's not getting fired. Yeah. I'm not. So as, as down on Kyle Shanahan, as I think everybody is right now. And I think deservedly. So I don't think this, he's all of a sudden on the hot seat. No. Not even close. Like he signed, he signed an extension before last season. He's one of the highest paid coaches in the league. He's not going to get fired before he's given a full season with Trey Lance. And so to me, the earliest Kyle Shanahan would get fired. It would have to be after 2022. Like if they make Trey Lance the starter next season 
and there's just no progress and it doesn't look there there isn't like signs of encouragement and say all right we're building something here we we have a good thing going with our young quarterback that Kyle Shanahan handpicked or, or might have been forced to draft we don't know that for sure stop <laughs> <laughs> i well okay put it this way i it would not surprise me if Kyle Shanahan's pick like Kyle Shanahan's preference the entire time was Mac Jones that one that still would not surprise but that doesn't but that doesn't but that doesn't jibe with what you said about kyle shanahan being the the chief decision maker in the front office well so he could have and this is just all speculation but what could have happened is everybody else in the personnel department said we did not just invest three first round picks to move up from 12 to three to take mac jones who would probably be there at 12 if we really wanted him but so it but, might be that Kyle Shanahan is both the head decision maker and then succumb to the pressure from everybody else in the building and said, all right, let's make Trey Lance. Let's take then why then why aren't those people putting pressure on him to do different shit with Brandon Ayuk? That's I don't know. That's you know, that's question. that's kind of that's why that doesn't that that doesn't really fit for me. It's like so, whoever okay, let me ask whoever, you this. Let me ask you this. Is yeah. Kyle Shanahan coaching Trey Lance right now? Like, damn, that's my guy. Because it doesn't feel like that to me. Uh, no, I think Kyle Shanahan is coaching Trey Lance like, damn, I need to make the playoffs. And for whatever and for whatever reason, I, he thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo is our best chance. To yeah, that 2019 ship has sailed. The 2019 thing is probably the worst thing that could have happened to Kyle Shanahan, to be honest. No, Unless I, they I, won. Well, try, trying to bring back, trying to replicate 2019 in the sense that like, oh, we have Jimmy Garoppolo. He was good in 2019. Right. He's going to be good in 2021. That's the problem. And that's been and that's been the biggest issue here is, is forget Trey Lance for a minute in his development. This 49ers thing fell apart because Jimmy Garoppolo got worse. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. And, and I just don't know how they didn't they didn't have a little bit of a plan for that. An- another thing that came up again before Sunday's game and we don't need to revisit the DeForest Buckner thing because I think we all agree that it's been a bad trade for them um but Joe Staley went on NBC Sports Bay Area Joe Staley friend of the pod um and said and talked about you know his the how he found out about DeForest Buckner get tra- getting traded and what Staley said on the NBC NBCSN pregame show Sunday was that he called Buckner once he decided he was going to retire. And the whole point of that conversation was to sort of pass the leadership torch to Buckner because he viewed Buckner as like the guy. Like he talked about, there was at one point, I think it was in 2019, he talked about DeForest Buckner, like he's the best teammate in terms of professionalism and attitude and work ethic and everything you want on and off the field. He's the best teammate he's had since Frank Gore. And that's like the highest praise Joe Staley would ever give anybody. He gave that to DeForest Buckner. And so when he found out he was retiring, he called Buckner. He said, Hey man, I want to pass this. I'm retiring. I want to pass the leadership torch to you. Here's what you need to do. Here's what I think you as a player. And Buckner says, well, actually I'm getting traded. And so now you look at this team, this 2021 team versus the 2019 team. You know what you don't have? You don't have Joe Staley leader in the locker room you don't have DeForest Buckner leader in the locker room and you don't have Richard Sherman who was a leader in the locker room and now 
I think that's manifest not having that leadership is manifesting itself in situations like, say, Brandon Ayuk. Right? Like there might not be that veteran that is setting the example for Brandon Ayuk to say, man, this is a standard I need to live up to. Like that just doesn't exist. And that's not to say that the 49ers don't have quality captains like George Kittle's still there, although he's hurt. Um, Trent Williams is still there. Uh, you know, Fred Warner's still there. Like these are all veteran guys who are high, high quality individuals and high quality players, but it's different than it, than what you had in 2019. And mm-hmm. the locker room dynamic in 2019 was a big part of that team's success. And we're not allowed in the locker room. And so we have a really, uh, we have a hard time getting the pulse of it. But when you see guys, talented players like Brandon Ayuk not reach their potential, that makes you wonder like, all right, is there a void somewhere in terms of leadership and the example being set behind the scenes? And mm-hmm. I think that's a very real question. And ultimately that's what you lose when you do make that DeForest Buckner trade. Because right. Joe Staley knows probably better than anyone what is needed in that locker room. And he expected Buckner to be that guy. And then that guy ended up getting traded for the 49ers to be able to keep three other players, which is also debatable. Like I think they could have kept Jimmy Ward, even if they did resign Buckner. Yeah. Um, They wouldn't have gotten the 13th pick in the draft, but anyway. And then Buckner, of course, like the symbolism Buckner ends Sunday night's game with a sack. (laughs) Of course, you know, (laughs) You can't some of the shit you can't make up. So anyway, that that is another noticeable difference between this 21 t- 2021 team and the 2019 team is just what they don't have in the locker room that they did have in 2019. And what they don't have under center that they did in 2019. Which was a better Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, I I think Shanahan see he gets at least a year of Trey Lance before he gets fired. Like you can't. I bet. Like, I think they'd probably give him two even. Yeah, like you cannot. But everybody he, wants to fire everybody. It's like the most popular thing, right? For, but it's like we've seen what the 49ers do when they fire everybody. You suck. Exactly. You just exactly. suck. You suck year after year because you're not happy with the coach, so you get a new one, and that coach sucks. Jed Jed York over oversold the firing head coaches thing. And now I think we're going to see a hard pendulum swift shift the other way. And that's why I think, you know, if it's just disaster in 2022, okay, then maybe, but I think they give them through 2023 because the way this season's going, they're going to be able to paint 2022 as Lance's effective rookie year. And where they're burning a second year of his rookie contract, burning another year of prime George Kittle, um, you know, I, I just, I think they would err on the side of, I think they would, I think they would err on the side of like keeping him too long. Yeah. I mean, continuity is important. And we like, we know what the ceiling is of this team. What, what we don't know is how much Kyle Shanahan can continue to adapt and, and recapture what he had in terms of play calling and scheming. But right now, I just don't think he's managing people well. I don't think he's managing players well. Um, and I think a lot of that and that a lot of that's exacerbated by some of the roster decisions they make, like not investing significant resources in a cornerback and not even being willing to play guys you draft in the first, second, third round of 
the most recent draft class. Because you remember 2019, I mean, Nick Bosa is really good, obviously. Like, you knew mm-hmm. coming in, he would be a good player from the jump. Like, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Dre Greenlaw, like, these were rookies that had big impacts on that team. And there because are no they got rookies to play. impacting this team right now. Because they got to play. Elijah Mitchell. Right away. Yeah. And maybe Talanoa Hufanga. Yeah. Who was getting who's getting reps with Jaquaski Tart even before Tart got hurt? Right. Hufanga was subbing into that game. They were working Hufanga in because they like him. Like, that's what I don't understand. You're willing to do that at safety, but not at quarterback. Yeah. You know? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, how would you compare Jaquaski Tart versus other strong safeties in the league? to Jimmy Garoppolo versus other quarterbacks in the league. Garoppolo is way worse than like the distance between the best strong safety and Jaquaski Tart is way smaller than the distance between like Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo or Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I agree with you. And then so with that, their their willingness to play Talanoa Hufanga and be like, Oh, maybe we should play Ufanga. There's anytime logic you can get, there. Anytime you can get a late fifth round pick in the in the game, you do it. I've often said that. Well, I it's just it's it's odd how selective Shanahan is with his young players versus guys who are underperforming. Because Brandon Ayuk just in the doghouse, Travis Benjamin, Trent Shurfield come on down, but Trey Lance cannot get any snaps from Jimmy Garoppolo given the way Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. Like that that just doesn't track to me. But if Kyle Shanahan wants to do that, then he'll do that. He's just going to find himself at like two and five, two and six over these next few weeks. Yep. And then, um, and then and the then, season will be lost, and then we'll have to play Trey Lance uh, in accordance with what he said on Monday. <laughs> Unless he doesn't, because who knows? Nothing matters. <laughs> now that you're nice and excited for 49ers football, let me tell you about Tick Pick. <laughs> 49ers football is finally back, everybody, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. You probably want to get out to the next home game. It's Arizona week nine and then Monday night football against the Los Angeles Rams week 10. There's a real chance Trey Lance starts one of those games and maybe you want to be at his first home start. Well, hey, Tick Pick has got you covered. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They're the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See, what TickPick did is they got rid of all those like those crappy service fees that other ticket sites charge where you find a really cheap ticket, but then you go to check out, and it, the service fees are more than your actual ticket. That happens to me all the time, but it doesn't happen at TickPick. I had a couple of buddies who went out and braved the, the rain and the wind at, in Santa Clara on Sunday night, and they went to TickPick and they said, hey, dude, shout out to you. Found some really cheap tickets and didn't have to pay all the fees. I was like, you're very welcome. And uh, that's what TickPick does. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it or if you don't believe my story about my buddies, you can find if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. So again, the 49ers are back home. Week 9 and Week 10, back-to-back home games. Cardinals, Rams, that Rams Monday Night Football game. I don't care what the Niners record is. Monday Night Football, divisional game, Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. You're going to want to be in the building for that one. It's going to be a ton of fun, and you should get your tickets at TickPick. So visit TickPick.com slash Candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. 
com slash candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You want to hit the pick six real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So pick six. Every Friday, Chris and I each pick three players that we think are going to have a good game or going to impact the game the most for the 49ers that week. We go a little bit off stats, but then a little bit of is is subjective. You know, if we think an offensive line is going to have a great game, for example, there's not necessarily stats that are going to back that up. You know, we can go pressures given up or sacks a lot or whatever, but it's just kind of watching the game. You know, hey, watch, watch more tape. So pick six for week seven. Number one, I had Elijah Mitchell and shout out to Elijah Mitchell. 18 carries, 170 yards. He scored a touchdown and he just continues to look. I called him Kirkland brand where he mostert and he continues to look like that. He's a really, really effective player in this offense. Yeah. And they probably went away from him too much after the first quarter. I would say so. Yeah. He had 27 yards after the first quarter and 80 in the first quarter. I think it was five for 57 and a touchdown in the first series. Yeah. It's like Shanahan anticipates an adjustment and then goes away from whatever the adjustment is going to be instead of running something. I don't know. I'm not in the coaches meetings. I don't know, but that's kind of how it feels when defenders are going, thank God they stopped doing that. We didn't have an answer for it. Yeah. Not great. Elijah Mitchell had a great game though. I don't want to get back on the coaching stuff. And uh, it looks like the 49ers found themselves another really good running back late in the draft. Yeah, he's good. I'm counting that one for me. He, no, for sure. That was, that was a good call on your part. Your first pick, number two, Nick Bosa. So that that shovel pass that was intercepted by Aziz Alshire was technically ruled a fumble. I think as Contavious Street might have tapped the ball. That's what happened. Yeah, uh, as as Wentz was going down. But Bosa was the one who really responsible for that play. Yeah, he was the reason Wentz stood up in the pocket and sort of started running and then tried to shovel the ball. Um, 
I mean, Bosa was uh, one thing Nick mentioned to me was like, yeah, Nick Wagner, not Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. One one thing Nick Wagner mentioned to me was like, man, he's he's getting after Eric Fisher. It was like, oh yeah, like those two played in the Super Bowl against each other, um, because Fisher was on the Chiefs formerly, oh, and yeah. and so, uh, I mean, Bosa was getting after it. Bosa was playing really well, I thought, and so he did have a good game. Was he credited with the sack? No, I don't think he was credited yeah. with a sack, but it was one of those games where Street was. Right. It was one of those games where. Bosa impacted the game way more than the box score showed. Three quarterback hits. Yeah, three hits, four pressures. He had three tackles, three run stops this per uh, pro football focus. He's a it wasn't, really it good was, run defender. He's he's really excellent. Like you see teams try and throw like misdirections and stuff at him. And he just always kind of seems to be in the right spot. Yeah. So yeah, Nick Bosa better than the box score, I think. So that was a that was a good pick. I had Fred Warner third, and Warner had an okay game, but there were multiple plays, at least two that stick out to me, where he just like whiffed tackles in the hole. Sure. Um, he had ten tackles. Uh, check that nine tackles, two tackles for loss. He also had a fumble recovery. Decent game for Fred Warner, but not his best. Like he was. You would you would hope that a player like like Warner comes up with a couple of like really big plays. And I know the fumble recovery was big, but like I said, there were multiple times where he got either caught up in the wash in blocks or just missed a tackle uh, that would have, that would have stopped up a run for short or no gain. So uh, not his best game, not his worst. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine. Um, I mean, the Niners allowed just 295 yards of offense. So it wasn't that the defense played horribly. No. It was just that they were fine for the most part. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley dropped a pick. I think Josh Norman dropped a pick. Emmanuel Mosley dropped at least two. Yeah, he had one like that looked like it hit him right in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a pass interference calls. Yep. Or penalties. And the four giveaways by the offense. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, you have to play yeah. a bunch of extra downs. Fred, Fred was fine. Fred was fine. Who would I take next? Debo Samuel? Fourth overall? No. K1 Williams was the number oh. four pick. Flagged for a pass interference. First one. Although that was the Second most ticky tack of the uh yeah. 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 I mean, it was I didn't really totally have a problem with it. They just love getting their hands on guys when the ball's in the air. Is that what they're being coached? I mean, it kind of feels like it. Like I get you want to like stay in phase and stuff, but like you just got to have more awareness to know that the ball's in the air and you can't do that. It, it's like it, it almost looks like, I think it's 14 pass interference penalty pass interference penalties. They've been flagged for, I think most is the number the I saw. Yeah. It's the most in the league. And it's like, remember the Seahawks when the Legion of boom was at its peak and they were always the most flagged team in the league. And the theory was, Hey, just put your hands on the receivers at all times. They're not going to flag you every play. The Niners are getting flagged every play. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, hey, we're just gonna interfere with the receiver and they're not gonna throw the flag every time. The refs are like, yeah, try it. That's kind of how it seems. Yeah. And there's even more of an emphasis on pass interference now than there was a decade ago when the Legion right. of Boom was doing that. That was 10 years ago. That's wild. We're old, bro. Yeah. Damn. I'm like, I'm like mid-30s. 
There's like there. I can't even say early thirties anymore and get away with it. I'm I'm mid ass thirties. Oh, it is it is old, bro. I'm washed. The worst the worst was when Randall Cobb got traded to the Packers. I was like, wow, they want old ass Randall Cobb. And then I looked it up, and Randall Cobb's straight up younger than I am. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. That hurt. That hurt. Um, mortality. Am I right? Um, <laughs> K one after that that pass interference kind of took over for a second. Yeah, he had a tackle for a loss on a running play. And then was... I think he had a pressure on a blitz. Yeah. No, he's a he's a good player. He did what I expected without causing a turnover. I, my predict one of my predictions on Friday was that K one would cause a turnover. He did not. But he's around the ball. I mean, he's he's a lot better than Dante Johnson. Was he as fine as Fred Warner, better or worse? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm going to go worse because Warner didn't have a, a blatant P.I. Not That's blatant, a but a P.I. It's tough on the defensive back when you are when you have good coverage and then the ball is horribly underthrown. It is tough, but also, like, you don't have to reach out and grab the dude across the shoulder. Right. It's it's tough. I don't envy cornerbacks at all, but it's like you you just the thing is, if you if you put your hand on somebody and you look back at the ball, they never call it. Mm -hmm. But if you put your hand on somebody and you don't look back, then they call it every time. Right. Right. So, you know, I know their coaching points. Yeah, I'm put it this way. I'm not super impressed with Corey on the secondary coach this year. The defensive coordinator who was responsible for one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Yes, last year with the Lions isn't an awesome secondary coach. The guy yeah. who couldn't get Jeff Okuda playing well, get out of town. What? <laughs> That's crazy. I never would have expected this. <laughs> uh, fifth pick, tough scene for your boy. I bet on Jimmy G, and uh, and I caught an L. You know, three turnovers. He did throw that touchdown. That was cool, but not 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 his. Uh, he made a couple of the plays that I thought he was going to make that the throw to Charlie Warner, the 27 yarder was a really nice play mm-hmm. rolling out. He pump faked on the short one, reset his feet and then made a really nice touch pass down the sideline. He had one uh, back across the field to Debo Samuel for 29 yards on that same drive. I think the, he's only capable of throwing touch passes in his current condition. Yes, I think that's right. And he throws the hell out of him. Uh, and then, and then he, ri- and then he, and then he had, a, and then he had a, uh, the touchdown pass to Debo Samuel where he, you know, stood in the pocket and surveyed and waited. And then Samuel came open and he, he threw it, but he only seems to be able to complete throws like between the hashes and on play action and on play action. It just wasn't, it wasn't a good Jimmy Garoppolo game. He wasn't good. So that's, that's not a good pick by me. We just yeah, spent, I, we just I spent an hour logic. and 10 minutes dragging the quarterback play. So. The logic was sound. The pick was not a good one. The logic was also sound on drafting. Jimmy Garoppolo. So, okay, here's a question. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to have one of those good 2019 games this season? I'm not betting on it. Like he might, but I'm not putting money on it. Like a a 275 yard, three touchdown game with no turnovers. If he starts the rest of the games. Just at any point. I mean, regardless. If he if he if he start, yeah, because they have the Is he, Jags, does he have that game? They have the in Texans, him. they have the Falcons. Yeah, I think so. Okay. But it's I mean, it's it has to come with George Kittle healthy and with Brandon Ayuk involved. Like you're not gonna get there with freaking Muhammad Zanu and Trent Sherfield and Travis Benjamin. 
I think my concern could have used his speed last night. Is like is like maybe I mean, if if Jimmy can get himself healthy, then I think he can do it. But if his calf was bothering him last night, I don't know how his calf is going to get better in the meantime. Maybe if he didn't start. I don't know. All right, final pick, Debo Samuel. Yep. Good player. Good player. Like, I, I Debo should just be taken first in, in all it's, these picks. It's honestly the fact, that, the fact that it doesn't happen, it's definitely one of those things where when I've looked at it, it's like we talk about Debo every week but he's worth talking about every week. Another 100-yard game, seven catches. He he set a career high already for touchdown catches in the season with four. And six games in, he is 154 yards off his career high, which he set in his rookie year in 15 games. And he's catching, he's targeted on like 40% of their throws, right? Isn't he the most targeted? It's an insane, it's an insane amount. Yeah. Uh, 63 targets and the 49ers have thrown 193 passes. Yeah. So that's, he's, he's our MVP. Not even close. 32.6% of the 49ers throws go to Debo Samuel. He's their MVP. If they did not have Debo Samuel, we'll knock on wood here, but the offense would be absolutely horrendous. They might have to throw to Brandon Ayuk. God, I couldn't even imagine what that would look like. Man. Imagine try, trying to throw Brandon Ayuk a bubble screen. Not even. That's gosh. I literally no, actually no. Over I can't Kyle Shanahan's it. dead body, would they do that? <laughs> I can't imagine it because if I had to take a shotgun snap, that shit would blow right through my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could take a snap. That sh- it gets back there so quick. <laughs> I would have no idea. Yeah. Um, Who won this week? I had Elijah Mitchell, Fred Warner, and Jimmy. You had Bosa, K1, and Debo. I think I catch the L for taking Jimmy. Yeah, I think you kind of do. And Debo's Debo's their best player on offense? Probably, right? I mean, he did have a ball bounce off his chest for a pick, and he got stripped for a fumble. Yeah. Still 100 yards and a oh. touchdown, though. I don't know. I'm not even sure. This one was very even, I feel like. Yeah, I think just on I think just on principle, I take the L because I took Jimmy. <laughs> I I took a big swing there. I missed, and that's on me. Well, he you turned have, the ball over. Have, he turned the ball over three times, and the Colts scored on all of them. You have more self awareness than the 49ers head coach at the moment. Well, <laughs> on that note, we're gonna get out of here. You're willing to take the L with Jimmy Garoppolo and acknowledge that <laughs> wasn't a great call. Read Chris, sackb.com slash 49ers. I'm at (laughs) NinersWire.com. Download, subscribe, rate, and review to Candlestick Chronicles. We will have another episode up for you. Two more coming up this week of our midweek pod where we'll grab a guest and then we will preview the 49ers-Bears game as they try to climb back into the thick of the playoff hunt with Jimmy G. The site of his first ever start with the 49ers where they began a five-game winning streak. So... Who knows? Recapturing that 2017 magic. Anytime you can repeat the 2017 49er season, you do it. What's Lewis Murphy up to? Oh, boy. Trent Taylor? No. Go grab him. Is Dewan Blair in the house? No, wait. Dewan, Dewan Blair is a basketball player. Help me out. Running back? Yeah. Um, was that the Chip Kelly you were talking about? It might have been the Chip Kelly. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think so.
let's get out of here. Okay. Before we start naming 2016-49. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.